up, friends? It's Haley Hines, a.k.a. Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Em the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Give Them the Bird. We've got a very special guest here in my kitchen, Brendan Panther. Hello. Yay! So Brendan is a strength coach and personal trainer in Coralville. Yes. That's right. I said that so right. So far, so good. So far, so good. We haven't fucked up yet. On a roll. Um... But yeah, I met Brendan, I don't know, probably five years ago? Mm, I think it was seven years ago at your birthday party <gasps> at Leslie's house. Oh, yeah. Um, My 22nd? Yes. 22nd bird day. Yeah, the bird day. Cause yeah. Because I helped Leslie um, think of the thing to put on the... On the koozies. The koozies oh, my gosh. I, I, I do, too. The green koozies. Yeah. So, yeah, that would have been, yeah, like, yeah, five years ago. Five years ago? I'm only 27. Oh. Gosh, don't age me. I am a child. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? All right. Um, so I am a personal trainer, just like you said. Um, doing that for, I think, seven years now. Um, and then I've been a strength coach. Um, I've been at West High. Uh, the timeline is so hard to remember. So I was at the gym for a year before I started there. But uh, six or seven years. I think this will be my sixth year. Um, and then before that, I was also, when I did grad school, um, for my master's in strength and conditioning, um, I worked with the Waterman Blackhawks kind of in a volunteer role mm. as one of their strength coaches. Um, there's was kind of three of us that was like a hydra, you know, three-headed monster run. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. Um, and one of my buddies who had been a classmate of mine at UNI was leaving performance because his sugar mama lives in Davenport. Who's that? Uh, Jeff Rose. D- don't know him. Um, he was probably gone before I even met you. So um, he told me, he was like, hey, uh, I'm going to be leaving. So if you want a job, you know, go ahead and apply and I'll put in a good word for you. Um, so I have him to thank for the job. That nice. Is now my career. Whoa. And uh, yeah, big, big thank you to, big shout out to Jeff. Um, <laughs> shout out Jeff. Shout out to Rose. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I've been doing that ever since. Mm-hmm. That's, nice. That's my story. Yeah. yeah, and I should say that Leslie, who's also here with us, making noise in the background, <laughs> she, I mean, you guys are besties, so yeah. technically I know you through her, right. so. You're a toy. <laughs> You're a toy, toy. toy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, um, first off, I'm interested to know, like, one of the big things I like to do on the podcast is challenge what it means to be healthy and fit right and so i'm yes i'm curious how has your perspective or your idea of what it means to be healthy and fit changed over time whether like for you personally or with your clients well uh it's been a huge shift um because obviously um being a like male in my early 20s it was all about you know being jacked Mm. and swole Yes. And shredded. (laughs) All those other adjectives. Uh, Also yoked, too. Oh, wow. Was that a thing back then? 
Still, or is that, that new? Time, yeah, no, it's it's been around for a while. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and now uh, there's a lot more because you know I I have matured as a human being, believe it or not, since I was like 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same person at 32. Thank God. Um, so now I realize like there's more to it than just you know. Oh, yeah, you're mentally tough, and if you uh, if you don't do something, it's because you're weak or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I was, you know, some sort of hard ass or anything. I thought that I should be, but now I realize, like, even as a strength coach, if you don't coach the way that you should naturally coach, like if you aren't true to your style, athletes can see right through that. They'll mm-hmm. read through the bullshit, and they'll they won't like, you know, follow you, mm-hmm. but you should be a leader in some respects. And if, if you're faking it, they'll, they can smell it, mm-hmm. especially working with the hockey guys early on. I think that helped a lot because um, they were no nonsense and they were, I mean, we were only a couple years older than them. And even though we were in an authority position, they'd still like, you know, pick on us when we mm-hmm. did something stupid or whatever. Um, so you really, it was, it was a good test. Um, but now it's more like, you know, all the things that go into that, they affect me too. Like if I'm having a workout or if I'm going to work out and I'm just, you know, my mind is distracted by some really stressful life event, it's not going to be the same workout mm-hmm. as if it was just, you know, a normal day where things were cool and whatever. Um, so now I realize like every day your workout isn't going to be the same and you can't give the same effort just because you think you should. Mm. Um, and I, I've done a lot more reading on, you know, how stress affects recovery and how it affects performance and all these different hormones that, um, you know, they affect everything really. Um, so it's gone from a, well, here's your sheet, just do it to more of a, we've got an outline it's kind of a skeleton kind of guide us, mm-hmm. but if we need to go off script, we can go off script. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've had days where clients come in and they're like, oh, I'm just having the worst day. And we've literally just done like breathing and relaxation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, if that's what they need, like if they're already overstressed, like one of the things I realized is stress is stress and your body doesn't care if you're getting chased by a lion or if you just had a breakup yeah. or if you have money troubles, like it responds the same, yeah, your body's just like, Oh, we got stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, screw everything else. We just need to worry about this immediate threat mm-hmm. or what we perceive as immediate threat. So, um, I think that's helped me a lot, especially, um, on the personal training side, it's a lot easier where you just like one-on-one or you mm-hmm. know, two or three people at a time. Um, but even as a strength coach, being able to be like, you know, this kid's got some issues at home, mm-hmm. so I can understand why maybe they aren't giving in here what would be perceived as 100% effort. Yeah. Like, they're still giving 100% effort in their life, right? but some of that energy is diverted from getting huge mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever, whatever has to be taken care of. Yeah. So I think that's been, that's been a huge shift mm-hmm. since I was, you know, in grad school. Right. Yeah, yeah so it sounds like you kind of went from, like, the typical ideal idea of aesthetics Mm -hmm. in a sense Mm -hmm. now shifting more towards looking at like the entire person Mm -hmm. and like fitness or movement is just 
one little piece of the damn pie. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you don't, you don't think, I mean, when I started, it was more like robot, like mm -hmm. we're going to do this today and then we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And like nothing should impact your workout. Right. Like, like why aren't you doing leave it exactly at the Leave said. it at the door right. kind of thing. Um, and thank God I've changed. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, this is, it used to be very like robotic mm -hmm. and now it's like, okay, we've got, it's kind of like uh, like bumpers on a bowling alley. Mm -hmm. We've got this to kind of keep us on track. But if we have to go off course a little bit, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Leslie and I were actually just talking yesterday about like this idea of we saw somewhere on Instagram or on something where somebody was just sharing like you know that voice in your head. You just need to shut it up. You need to um, like not it listen to done. it. Yeah. Now I think there is some truth to that, um, and. I'm, I'm fascinated. I read a lot of books about like Navy SEALs and those kind of like high, uh, like high achieving people who are like the best in the world at that kind of stuff. Who aren't like necessarily normal. Right. They're <laughs> so like 1% because it's just kind of fascinating to see like these people that are like so disciplined or they can work so hard. Like David Goggins, like just crazy. Like, yes, it's fun to like read about. He's those. insane. Yeah. yeah. It's I like was peeing blood and I just kept running. <laughs> it's like, it's well, like a superhero or like ball. Jocko, yeah. Jocko Willick. It's yeah. so far yeah. from like our reality. Right. And I think there is some truth to, you know, if your why is strong enough, you'll stick to it. But for one, um, most people, the why isn't that strong, but two, it doesn't have to be like, if you're like, Oh, I ate a donut. I failed. You only think that because people tell you like, exactly. oh, you shouldn't eat donuts. Mm -hmm. But like, I fucking love donuts. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I, like my wife has to tell me like, don't get donuts today. <laughs> like on your way back from the football lift on Saturday mornings, do not stop and get donuts. We have enough treats at home. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't fine. need to spend money on more treats. Right? Like. I find myself like fighting the urge to turn into high like, <laughs> donuts and beer. Do you think that there's a difference between kind of a female mentality and a male? Because I think a lot of times speaking from a woman's side, like there's a lot of guilt and shame that go into um, like setting your goals. And if you don't reach them, you know, all these different things. Whereas do, I think generally, you know, generally, yes women tend to be more like, oh, I need to, you know, not do this. But I think that's because they've been kind of conditioned, conditioned for it. and cultured mm -hmm. like that. I don't think it's necessarily like... Just because they're a woman. Girls be mm -hmm. like and boys be like. Right. I think it's like, this is the way... It's just like with, like, toys. Mm -hmm. Like, this is girl toys, this is boy toys. Right. Like, I asked my parents to get my daughter a dump truck for Christmas one year, and she loves it. Mm -hmm. She likes to play in the dirt. <laughs> she likes rocks. So I was like, let's get her a dump truck. She'll love that. Like, okay, yeah. mm -hmm. This is what Jovi gave me this morning. Yeah, dinosaurs. Yes. She, loves, she loves dinosaurs and she loves dirt and she always picks up rocks um, and we like to look at bugs and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you could generally, that's the tendency, but I don't think it's a natural thing. And I think, I think it also matters, like the population that, for people who work in like the fitness or wellness space, the population that you work with, because me working with college students, it's really a toss up. Like I see it a lot with almost 
sometimes in from a male perspective like they're almost harder on themselves mm -hmm. um so i think it i think it totally depends on and i think i can say this for anything like it definitely just depends on the population obviously the population the people that you're working with is going to impact your perspective because it's like well i'm going to allow that to shift my perspective so i can better help you but i also think it's incredibly interesting because um, tyler and i were just talking about this last night because I was like, oh, you should come on the podcast and talk about like men and body size expectations. Mm -hmm. um, but we were talking and like he, he is like a David Goggins, Jocko Willett kind of guy. Yeah. Like Tyler, I hope you can hear me, boo-boo. <laughs> like give me some wine tonight. No, he has like the, that kind of tough mentality. I and it's, I'm gonna do it. I'm going to yeah. Or it's like, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And but when it comes to like health and fitness, he's gone through waves. Like he started out, like, I'm just going to go ahead and call it like scrawny. I don't know if that's offensive, but like just a string bean kind of kid. And then he got into like physique competitions and yeah, he did that whole thing. I, that's when I met him because yeah. I met him at the gym. Yeah. yeah. And then he got into more of like a wanting to get like really like, you know, big, big muscles, strong. And now he's more after his um, like knee injury. He's just realized it's more about like, how long can I live without experiencing pain? And, but I asked him last night, I was like, before you got into fitness, like, did you feel self-conscious of your body or like want to change it? And he was like, no. I was like, but why did you then get into fitness? He was like, I just wanted to get stronger and it was a challenge for me. But it had nothing to do with like, my body should look a certain way, like societal expectations. And so I think that, yeah, there is, there are people that have that mm -hmm. and it's interesting and it's just good to be aware of because from my perspective, when I meet with people, I'm very cautious of anybody that seems to have that kind of mindset because I know it's the exact opposite of me and because I'm working with college students I don't want to lead them down a path of like restrictive eating or over over focus on their bodies but at the same time there are people that can have like very specific goals like that and do like a physique competition which most people I wouldn't recommend because it, they can do it oh, in an extremely unhealthy way so many people that do end up with some kind of like yes disordered eating. eating or like some body dysmorphia or yes yeah even um like actual physical like metabolic issues right yeah so. yeah because it's the diet it's a cycle of dieting right like they restrict and then they crave and then after the competition the first thing like tyler said you go and you binge yeah. like you go eat all the food and yeah so it's just like a cycle of dieting but i think it's important to recognize that there are yeah there are people in the world god where are you you interesting humans yes who don't have they're operating books and making movies. Yeah, they're they're the real leaders of the world. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, I'm just so fascinated with that because I compare myself to Tyler and he is like a total right. Jocko Willick, David Goggins like yeah, kind of person, but I know. I mean, you are an amazing person in your own way, Brendan. Hey. Yes. Right yes. Um, but yeah, so one thing that kind of shifts to another thing I was thinking about is this whole idea of like diets and body image. I'm curious how it shows up like in the athletes that you work with, if it does, and like what those conversations are like or yeah. yeah. It's uh it's a real like tightrope act trying to walk that line. Um like I do everything in my power not to talk about like Mm -hmm. Obviously, I don't give up diet plans because I'm not a dietitian, mm -hmm. not even a nutritionist. I am 
a personal trainer, so I can I can tell them, you know, like uh, maybe you need to, you know, eat more of this or less of this or you need right. to more sleep or whatever. Um, but like I've I've had athletes who are like, what do I got to do to get a six pack? I'm like, what <laughs> you have to do to get a six pack? First of all, you don't want to have to do. You won't be able to do for a long term if it's not you know easy for you. And third of all, if you're an athlete, it's not going to make you a better athlete to have a six pack. Yeah. If and anything, you may have to change your genetics. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like you're probably going to have to restrict yourself a lot and your performance may suffer because of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, train to, if you're an athlete, train to do what you want to do. And just, you know, if, if you want to change your body a little bit, that's fine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with it, mm -hmm. but know that for an extreme change, you're going to have to make an extreme change. Mm -hmm. And that's not something a lot of people want to do or can sustain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That um, reminds me of, uh, well, one reason why I really like you is because I remember, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I had sh either you shared a post on your page. It was like the ESPN naked issue that they do on athletes. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I did, I don't remember, but it was of, I don't know the softball player's name, but she, like her body size is not like ideal athlete, like what we would expect. And I just remember that either you shared it with a comment or like you commented on it, but I just remember seeing it and I was like, it was something along the lines of what you just said, like performance over, you know, aesthetics or also just like who gives a fuck <laughs> kind of. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, like I had never heard a man say something like that. And for me, somebody that has like struggled with body image stuff, I was like, this is so cool. Like a guy actually thinks that and like, yeah. So I just remember thinking like how impactful that was for somebody that's not only a dude, but also a dude that works in fitness, like works in performance to have that mentality. You are, you're, you're a dude. Yes. <laughs> um, um, yeah. yeah. I think, and especially in the last, you know, like four and a half years since we had Kennedy, mm. that's become a big thing for me is like, if, if you're built to perform a certain way, you're built to perform a certain mm -hmm. way and you should, like, if you're performing at a high level, the way you are, stay the way you are because mm -hmm. it's working. Um, you know, maybe there's little details that can be changed to, you know, drink more water, get more sleep or, timing of nutrients or whatever. Right. But like, generally speaking, don't make these huge changes if it's working. Mm -hmm. um, but then the other thing is I actually, my, I think it was my first year at West High. I had a girl come to me with the classic line of, I don't want to lift heavy weights because I'm going to get bulky. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah bulk, bulk monsters. Um, and, and I was like, why? Like, why? First of all, why does it matter if you get stronger? Why does it matter if you get bigger? And she's like, well, this boy over here makes fun of me because my arms are big. I'm like, first of all, fuck that boy. The, the boy you're talking about is a moron. <laughs> why do you care what he thinks? Um, you're not going to marry him. He's going to be like a part of your life until you graduate. And then hopefully Sayonara. he's gone forever. Um, so that's one of the big things is like when Kennedy gets older, I don't want her to think like, oh, she didn't lift weights because mm -hmm. I'm bulky. Like we're always like flexing at each other and mm -hmm. doing push-ups and stuff and mm -hmm. Leslie gets it. Mm -hmm. um, totally. So 
it's one of the it just it drives me crazy and it's one of the things that i really really want to fight mm-hmm. because now i've got two girls oh gosh and you know i mean kennedy is gonna be like she's already a tank so she's gonna be strong. <laughs> she's fucking funny. Yeah, she is so weird. She's so weird. I love um, it. She's probably the weirdest kid I know, but I don't know a whole. I mean, it makes sense. So. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's kind of like become my my mission is like make it okay to be strong for mm-hmm. girls. Um, I mean, I've had I've had male athletes, student athletes that have been, you know, worried about being too big and they were, you know, very small and they mm-hmm. had, they obviously had issues and it's a really hard thing to deal with because you don't want to be like, you need to eat more or, you know, you need to go talk to a dietitian because you have an eating disorder. Right. It's like, how do I like help them like seek help without making them even more self-conscious right. or damaging them even more? Mm-hmm. Because it's not like... It's not human nature to starve yourself. Um, that's like the furthest thing from nature. Human nature is eat whatever I can and then use as little energy as possible. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's one of the big problems we have is we've made life so easy because we can get so many calories so easily and we don't have to do a whole lot. Like I can go to work, I can work eight hours, I can come home and I can eat dinner and I could be standing for like five minutes total. And if, if as a, again, as a lizard brain, if I can do that, then I'm going to do that. Um, unless I want to, um, be healthier. It's human nature not to be, Mm -hmm. um, because it's, you know, way back when, mm-hmm. when we started as people, it was, I'm going to use energy to go kill something and eat it. And then I'm going to save energy until it's time to go kill something. Again. Right. So yeah. Intriguing. So another thing that we were kind of talking about ish was, and we started texting about it the other day was we had to pause. We had to pause. Yeah. We were like, we have to talk about that about this on the podcast yeah. was you were saying that you've been in um, like a discussion with someone about if yeah. quote unquote fatness is right. related to if it's if all it's because you're lazy. if it's because you're lazy right. and you say I said no um, it's they they were trying to get me to say they're like you know it's ninety percent is because they're lazy like it's if you're fat it's ninety percent because you're lazy ten percent other factors and I was like I'm gonna say ninety percent environment mm-hmm. maybe even more than that because like if you're lazy then it's probably because of your environment. like Something that's going on in your life. Either, you know, you um, don't have people around you who encourage you to have healthy habits. Like, they, like if your parents, you know, just let you sit on the couch and watch TV, which is nothing wrong with it. Right. There's nothing, let's say this first, there's nothing wrong with doing any of these things. And there's nothing necessarily, I was going to say, there's nothing inherently wrong with being quote unquote fat. Because we know that having extra fat in your body does not necessarily relate or lead to certain chronic diseases. Right. There's it a lot of make you a bad person. Yes. Um, Got to get that and, out there. And the other thing that I was going to bring up eventually is it. You cannot define what healthy is. Oh. Mm, mm, um, Brendan. So, like, if you say like, when people say like, <laughs> the the 
the impossible question is what is healthier? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, should I eat this or should I eat this? Which one's healthier? I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> first of all, it's so dependent on a situation. Like, should I eat a roast beef sandwich or should I have an apple? Like, well, do you need protein? Yeah. Do you need fiber? Is an apple going to fill you up? Like, right. like, what is the situation? Can you put the apple in the sandwich? A little crunch. <laughs> pork, pork chops and baked apples is delicious. We just had that last week. Wow, um, fancy. Uh, and the question was, uh, oh, ninety percent lazy. So yeah, mm -hmm. um, and you know, to call some somebody lazy, like yeah, obviously, when we say lazy, we mean you know they they don't prioritize physical fitness pretty mm -hmm. much, and potentially they don't prioritize healthy eating. He put miracles. that in quotes. <laughs> um, so I was like, I was like, okay, well, you know, try and, you know, try and convince me. And so he's talking and he's like, oh, you so, you know, you, you sit at home all day and you do this and this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So no one is, you know, asking you if you want to come exercise. So you don't have like a positive support. Social support. Yeah. Um, the whoever is stocking the cupboards they're putting twinkies hobos that kind of stuff mm -hmm. which i love yes um instead of you know fruits and vegetables and whatever right yeah um you um maybe you have a very stressful job mm -hmm. and that you know drains you like you are physically tired mm -hmm. from that job or if it's very mentally taxing and that uses a lot of actual energy. Mm -hmm. um, or like naturally just like sedentary, like office work. Right. Right. And it's such a like, it's such a, uh, um, I like to use the term exercise inertia, where a body at rest stays at rest and a body in motion stays at rest. Sir Isaac Newton. Exactly. Mm. We're getting physics up. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard for somebody to start exercising. Mm -hmm. Like if you think if you, even if you like to exercise, if you take time off, how hard is it to be like, all right, mm -hmm. I gotta get back into it. Like right. You take a vacation and you come back and you're like, Ugh. Mm -hmm. and then if you take someone who, you know, is healthy and you put uh, even a 10 pound weight vest on them, how much harder everything is. If you're heavier, things are not comfortable mm -hmm. and you're less likely to do it. Yeah. Um, so it takes like a decent amount of willpower to get started. Mm -hmm. I know there was a trainer and I don't know his name, um, but he, um, he was in really, really good shape and he intentionally put yes. on a bunch of weight. Um, gosh, what was his name? He did it for, um, six months, maybe something like that. And then for the last part of the year, mm -hmm. he lost, he tried to lose weight to get back to where he was. Right. Yeah. So that he could see, he like, probably screwed up his metabolism, for sure. but he was tired of people saying like, he was training people, tired of his client saying, you don't understand. You've never been overweight. You don't understand how hard it is. And it's hard, right. you know, all these things. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And I think, you know, that the, the best thing you can do to see things the way your clients see it is to put in your shoes but mm -hmm. i don't think the best thing to do is probably put on like 100 pounds yeah. in six months mm -hmm. but it's kind of the same like with change too like it's so easy for people especially like us who mm -hmm. are in this fitness world to say mm -hmm. listen if you're not happy where you are you need to change it mm -hmm. 
you have to give somebody direct like what does change mean right. mm -hmm. like how do you even how do you even start a change right. yeah you have to break it down so much and i think that's where you can see the difference between somebody who is a good leader mm -hmm. and somebody who like needs more work yeah because like i know when i first started that's kind of my mentality i'm like you need to you just need to change, need to change. and then change all of a sudden somebody one of my clients was like but how and i was like oh my gosh wait a second I didn't give you any direction, like the smallest right. steps. Yeah, I also think too that even for that personal trainer who like lost Drew Manning. Drew Manning. Shout out Drew. Shout out Drew. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely go and we listen to this one. Yeah. But but even like when he did that, I mean I for one, yeah, it's just not healthy to like make your body change so much in a year. But also like I would never do that because no matter what, the your client is totally different than you. Yes. Like, yes, the physical nature of losing weight, you know, if that's something that you want to do, the, yeah, but it's still like a specific, it's so, it's so personalized. And I think too, that it's like, it's also harder for people whose maybe natural weight is higher, right? It's like, if you just pack on the pounds in six months, yeah, it's going to be a lot easier to take those off in six months. Mm -hmm. But even that, so when he was saying, you know, oh, it's laziness, like, yeah. are you packing on the pounds? Well, is it is it because you're genetically predisposed, or is it because of your environment? Right. Like your environment is probably set up in a way that makes you more likely to back on pounds. Right. Yeah. To choose the unhealthy, mm -hmm. un a quote unquote unhealthy option, um, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. um, I have a good example of this. Let's hear it. So Haley will remember this. So my dad. Um, was an athlete growing up. He was like, I remember being in junior high. He would like run beside me. He'd ride his bike. So his farm was about eight miles out of town. He rode his bike everywhere he went. Out to the farm. He'd do all of his farm stuff, ride it back, la la. He was in great shape, stocky man. So he one time said, well, I've been packing on the pounds. And we said, why? And it was because he bought a motorcycle. He was no longer riding his bike. He just switched and started using his motorcycle. And he, he bought a crock pot. And he <laughs> yeah. just, he's a single man. And he grew up a farm boy with the mentality of finishing your plate, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's kind of goes back to like the hunter gather thing. Like you finish what you have. Um, and he would, whatever he put in that crock pot, he would eat it all. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's just an example of like how, even if you have like a, an environment set up, like to ride your bike, mm -hmm. it can change. And, um, like that can affect anybody. Yeah. One of, one of the things that we did actually, so Brienne was kind of unhappy with where she was. Um, this was a few years ago. And so she wanted to lose a little bit of weight. So what we did was. We had our big plates and we had our little plates. Mm -hmm. And we just started eating dinner off the little plates. So you're still eating a full plate. So stupid brain is like, oh, well, this is still a full plate. But then also you have to get up and go get more. And that gives you time to be like, well, do I need right. more? Am I actually or do I just hungry? want to put more in my mouth? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so like the the thing that the thing that helps me is it's not, you know, well, I can't have pizza because I'll go crazy. It's Okay, when I eat pizza, be aware of the fact that I'm gonna go nuts on it. Um, I'm gonna do work on that pie. So <laughs> get that bread <laughs> and even cheese and sauce. And then um, just ask myself, like, when I get up from the table, 
or the bar height counter that we eat at, not an actual table. So mm -hmm. let's be very clear there. Same. Um, when I get up, do I, like, have I had enough? Like, am I good to go? Because that I'll just have leftover pizza. Right. And I can enjoy it next time. Um, or am I just, you know, doing this because I just want to put it in my face whole life? Yeah. You talk to yourself completely non-judgmental. Like, yeah. you're not saying, like, no, Brendan, I'm, you're full. Like, you right. don't need any more. Right. Like, remember your goals. Right. You're just, like, you've completely taken out that, like, that notion of it. And just, right. like, are you it's hungry like, or are you full? Do, it's, it's kind of the, uh, the, we live in a, a society that's all about excess of, like, everything. And it's, it's not, um, can I have more? It's, do I really need more? Mm -hmm. Um. It's a mental check-in. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I do that a lot of times with students who like find that they um, are constantly overeating to the point of being uncomfortable because like yeah. <laughs> eating should not be like, we shouldn't, yeah, we shouldn't be on either side of the spectrum. Like we don't want to be uncomfortably hungry and we don't want to be uncomfortably full. So like if you're eating too much to the point where you are uncomfortably full, like you're still not getting the most satisfaction out of eating that you could. So yeah, what we do is it's like, and again, there's probably people like very like um, anti-diet dietitians and body positivity people that are like, no, that's still, that's not okay to do, but I do it anyways. <laughs> you eat half your plate and you do a mental check-in. Like, how do I feel right now? Right? Like, where am I at on the hunger fullness scale? And do I still want more? If I, if I do, cool. Then I'll eat another half of the plate, which at that point is a fourth of the plate and do another check-in. Half of a half. Yeah. So, so forth. Yes. Okay. And so you do those mental check-ins and it's like, you're not checking in to be like, okay, stop yourself. You're checking in because you're honoring your body yeah. and you're starting to listen to your body. You know, more. Like, oh, I'm just doing this out of boredom. Or yeah. Because most people. Am I just bored? <laughs> yeah. Name most... movie. Grinch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I <laughs> Am I just eating because I'm bored? I'm just eating because I'm yeah. bored. Well, and I think that, um, I think that most people are very unconscious eaters, yeah. you know? So it's like, again, like in intuitive eating, there's various different eating styles and like there's a chaotic unconscious, there's like a waste not unconscious, there's a refuse not unconscious. Like, yeah, mo but most people are unconscious eaters. Like we eat when we do other things and we're not even giving our body the full 20 minutes it needs to, for our brain to know like, hey, you... You're full. You have served me well, in a great even, way. We're not even paying attention. Yeah. What and what a disservice that's doing to food. Like I always talk about like food, I think it should be an enjoyable experience, yeah. you know? So it's like, yeah, if we're just shoveling it all in and not even listening to our body, like we... Tasting it. Yeah, not even tasting it. Yeah, like we're not even enjoying the experience. So, um, Brendan. Yeah. You work with you work with high school students. What? Do, yeah. Tell me more about uh, this idea that you were... You were just telling me off mic about kids these days. Yeah. Um, so we see people of the previous generations, um, they tend to uh, generalize the term kids these days gets used in kind of a derogatory way. Um, and they, they kind of generalize that, you know, kids these days are, they're entitled or they're lazy or they have all these problems that we never had, blah, blah, blah. And it's really, it's really frustrating because, first of all, most of those people probably don't work with kids these days. <laughs> They're probably, you know, in their high-rise building, you know, old people these days. <laughs> um, but, like, I work with kids pretty much every single day, like high school-aged kids. 
and they get um, pigeonholed as lazy or they get pigeonholed as being um, entitled or whatever the case may be. And like, I don't think kids these days, kids have not changed. Like they, they are the same as they've always been, but now they have a lot more stresses added to their place. Like, um, the, the big one is social media where, you know, you look on social media, everybody's posting a highlight reel and you're kind of seeing that and comparing yourself to it. And then, uh, you think like when I was in high school, I, re I remember Facebook starting when I was in high school and you had to get invited to like have oh, a Oh, wow. Yeah. You're an OG. Yeah, like old. And somehow somebody invited me to it. I think I asked them. Yeah, <laughs> I paid <laughs> someone off. <laughs> then after like a few months, I was like, this is stupid. I'm going to quit. So I quit. Um, but like when I was in high school, if you're on Facebook, you had like 15 friends. And now it's like you've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Snapchat. Snapchat. Tickety talk. Tickety talkety. Um, people are just ticking talks all the time. Like, <laughs> you are just ticking just, talk right and left. So many talks. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> but like <laughs> they tick so many talks. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> um, like there are, there are students who will have thousands of followers on Instagram and now they're posting to this gigantic audience. And like, that's a lot of pressure that if, if you think in on Instagram, you know, you're supposed to present your, your best self mm -hmm. and, you know, look perfect and not show any, you know, chinks in the armor. Um, if you have that kind of stress on you, it's incredibly different than, than, you know, times used to be. Right. Um, that's so true. Which part of it is, you know, we try to make other people's business, our business but we also make our business other people's business mm -hmm. like by putting it out there yeah um and like you know you have a choice not to join mm -hmm. but at this point like it's become so intertwined in everything we do right that it's it's hard not to use it in some aspect mm -hmm. like facebook you know you've got the messenger and you've got groups and you might have you know, maybe for school, you have to get a study group or something. Right. Maybe you're using Facebook to do that or a chat, uh, chat group or whatever. Um, so it's the social media platforms have done a really good job of making themselves necessary. And I think that that makes it really hard for kids because they are seeing the best of everyone else. And they think that that's what they always look like. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think just to add, adding to the stress too, is the fact that because they're more connected on social media, mm -hmm. I think kids these days mm -hmm. are more involved in political issues oh, and yeah. like world issues too, which right. adds another layer of stress to them too, because mm -hmm. like when I was in high school, I didn't even know what like a Democrat and a Republican was. <laughs> like I just learned that shit two years ago. Yeah. No, I couldn't remember which one wore red and which one wore blue. I still don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I totally agree. And I think, like you said, it just impacts the way that they they want to be seen. Is And when, when it's not just being seen in person, but being able to be seen online and you can make it look however you want. I mean, this is literally for everybody too. Yeah. It's like, we can totally... And 
and even we, I was talking to somebody, I think it was Leslie, we were talking yesterday about like the Instagram versus reality shit mm -hmm. oh, yeah. and how it's like people's re people are changing their reality to be more um, personable or to be more relatable, but it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like they are having to bend over and hurt their spines in order to give themselves roles. It's like, if you don't have roles, you're cool too. Yeah. Like you don't have to lean really hard on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just the fact that like, it's, I love, I love the idea of again, like body acceptance and like all bodies are beautiful right. and everything, but it's like, if you're, you're still trying to change your body right. to make it more relatable. It's also okay to be in really good shape. Yeah. And it's okay to just be like naturally small body. Right. Like, yeah. There is, there is this one post that, uh, kind of started going around recently that was kind of nice to see was, um, it's a young woman with, I think she's in like a bikini or something. And she's sitting in front of the mirror and you know in the mirror you can see she's like you know everything looks good everything is smooth but then behind her the part that's not in the mirror there's like there's cellulite and there's rolls and stuff and it's like that's social media mm -hmm. it's like you're hiding this part and just showing this part it's like, yeah and now we've taken it like you said a step further where these bodies who might look like most people will look up and say like wow you have a perfect body mm -hmm. now these people are being made to feel like shit and so then they're going to social media and like you said kind of like maneuvering in a way that makes their bodies look less appealing so that they feel more real and i think that is sad right yeah and, i mean who it's cares just, like who cares yeah it's at the end of the day it's like i had a conversation with a student the other day who um she's wanting to lose weight she's hoping to yeah she's going to be in a career where she's she'll be in front of people a lot and she was saying how she talked to one of her advisors and her advisor was like, yeah, like you will be in front of people. A lot. Not like her advisor was trying to get her to lose mm -hmm. weight, but I literally told her, I was like, I'm just like really curious. You don't gain brain cells when you lose weight. Like if you lose weight, you're not going to be any more capable, more intelligent, like any more able to do your job. You know what I mean? So it's just like this you idea are, of our bodies really don't matter that much. Right. You aren't worth more because you weigh less. Yeah. Like and if are, someone puts you at a higher value because you look a certain way, like that person, you should, probably, you should be rethinking about what your, should, yeah. maybe yeah. your maybe career is. In your life. Yeah. Yes. All these things that like really don't matter. And it's not like people are going out of their way necessarily. It's just like naturally like, this seems like a really good Because candidate. of all the conditioning that mm -hmm. we've been... Like, yeah. I once read an article, um, that said I did <laughs> that cause I have naturally curly hair. This is, does not impact my profession at all, but it, it said that, um, women with curly hair are taken less seriously in the workplace. Really? Yeah. So that's when I started in this position the first time. So oh, like you, four years and ago and I straightened my hair or like curled it with a curling iron. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day I wore it curly and one of my coworkers, she asked about, it and I was like, yeah, I read this article that said like curly haired women are taking, taken less seriously in the workplace. And I work in a university setting where it's like, I try to be professional. So I was like, yeah, so I'm just like going to spend th three hours, you know, doing my hair every morning before I drive an hour to get here. <laughs> like, it's going to be great. I'm really excited. So yeah. But again, going back to the idea of like, it's all these conditioning ideas that make us think certain yeah. traits are going to be more successful or yeah. whatever. And we, you know, People who are, I mean, we'll just use the term privileged. They're going to be like, oh, you just have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work harder. Like, that's not you no. can work as hard as you want to and still people will, you know, push you to the side for somebody who's less qualified. Mm -hmm. right. We should all be able to work the exact same to be in a position of the same. Right.
it's yeah yeah and i think don't even get me started on this whole thing because babies you know i could talk forever yeah you talk a lot but i think yeah i mean it does come back to even what we were talking about with like the laziness and stuff like that i mean it is life is just harder for people that live in large bodies like not only physically is it harder but it's harder to find clothes it's harder to find like you can you can just naturally be at a higher weight but then you can still not have not be like comfortable in certain situations like there's sitting at a football game yeah on on an airplane yeah Yeah. Yeah. and it's like there there can be people that are i mean i think about like the mernivator do you guys know who that is she's um i I think she does iron mans Mm. but she does like trail running and stuff like that you should look her up on instagram and she's like lives in a larger body and she rocks it or like kara richardson whiteley she's um someone in Mount Everest, like how many times? And again, lives in a larger body. One time is crazy. Yeah. So. <laughs> zero times. It's like, just to think about it, it's crazy. Um, or like Sarah, um, is it Robley or? Rose. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she's like the strongest woman. Yeah. She has yeah, broken so every single record. But if you saw her walking on the street because of, because of society, you'd think like, yeah, yeah. But like internally, biologically, I bet if we took a look at their, you Maybe know, their blood, blood markers, they would clear everything, but yet they're in their natural body size in a healthy body size, even though it's not what society thinks is a healthy body size, but yet they still have barriers like airplane seats. And that's, <laughs> you know? that's where earlier I said, like, how do you define healthy? Yes. Like you could have low blood pressure, you could have or regular blood pressure, you could have normal, healthy uh, heart rate, normal, healthy cholesterol. Um, triglycerides triglycerides hdl off the charts uh-huh yeah that woman um, snatches close to 300 pounds yeah that's wild <laughs> um so you can have all those things and uh maybe you're still overweight yeah so are you healthy or maybe you're in um you know you pass the eye test you've got nine percent body fat you got a very low heart rate you got very low mm-hmm. cholesterol but maybe your blood pressure is high. Yeah. Does that mean you're unhealthy now? Right. Like how many boxes do you have to check before you are Mm -hmm. healthy? Yeah. And I think too, with that in mind, that's why I value, and I think we all do, we value the behaviors that people are doing more so than what Mm -hmm. all those measures are. Because it's like, if you are not clearing all of the health markers for health, like yeah, cholesterol, triglycerides, whatever, all those like biometric things, but you are working on moving more, you're working on like eating to an, a comfortable fullness and eating lots of nutrients, like you're managing your stress, you have healthy relationships. If, if you're fucking happy. If yes. you are fucking happy, yeah. If you're managing your stress, if you, like all these things like- Yeah, if you're just a, like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, you, you were doing a damn good job. And again, that's why it's like the behaviors are way more important. So that's why I focus so much on like the scale does not matter or like your weight or whatever, like your body fat does not matter because you are going to notice the feeling of having more energy, sleeping better, just feeling like a happier motherfucker sooner than you are going to see the number on the scale change, mm-hmm. your measurement change, like all of those right. things. I was if, just going to say something. I forget if, you, like, if you are high on that EDSO on all those hormones and you know low on cortisol, you're probably pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. Like if you're happy and you have good relationships and, you know, maybe you work out once in a while and you get that endorphin release, then you are, you know, objectively healthy. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like with a job, like 
picture yourself with a job where you're making a hundred thousand dollars, but you're so unhappy versus mm-hmm. making 50,000 and you are so filled with joy. Right. Like society would tell you the better job is to make a hundred thousand dollars. It's yeah. the same like with your body. Like let's say you're in a, a larger body, but you are just like banging out life. Like you love it. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't you fucking shit up. Yeah. You, you wouldn't so speak. <laughs> in that, in that point in your life, you wouldn't, you, you're so full and content. You don't think about Ah, I should make a change to be smaller. Mm-hmm. But people who maybe are in a more like smaller, healthful looking body, like if they're unhappy, like it's a trade off. It's a total trade off. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I totally agree. And it all, it comes back to this idea of like, how do you measure success? Yeah. Just like an athlete's going to measure success different than an average yeah. Joe. Like all know? of our markers for success were, are based off of like societal standards. They're not even based off of what like, you wake up and you say, what makes me happy? It's like, right. what does society... Mm-hmm. What what do I think is supposed to make me happy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that yes. shit doesn't actually make me happy. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Uh, I think ha- happiness is underrated. Mm. Um, that's actually... So when I... Let me tell you a little story Ooh. about me. Could... Coming close. <laughs> yes. Um, so when I started out, when I finished, was finishing undergrad... I was like, okay, I'm doing exercise science. I've told this story a few times to individuals. I'm doing exercise science. I'm going to become a strength coach for a hockey team. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm doing my internship at UNI and the head strength coach up there, uh, Jed Smith at the time, he's still there. He helped me out like a lot. Like any time I came to him and I was like, hey, I'm doing this, he's like, hey, Go talk to this guy. Go talk to this guy. So he was, you know, full of, um, full of contacts, which, uh, kids, if you're listening out there, um, meet people and network. That's how you become successful. Um, be a good person. Um, Who you know, not what you know. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And how you treat those people. So he, um, he was like, you know, if you want to be a strength coach, you should probably get your master's degree. Um, you can do it here at UNI. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so for one semester, I just, I was just working at hy while my wife was doing uh, student teaching because obviously she couldn't have a job really to pay rent. So I was working, she was doing her student teaching. Um, and then after that, I started in that winter tr- uh, semester, I started grad school. And, you know, just being around the Waterloo Blackhawks, being around college sports, um, I saw what it really, what it really looked like to be, not as much with the Waterloo Blackhawks because, you know, that was just like a, couple hours a week that I was volunteering, but seeing like what, what Jed had to do and all the hours he had to put in and all this and that, and all the work he was doing beyond just programming and putting kids through workouts. Um, and I was like, I would rather like, you know, spend time with a family mm-hmm. and have you know free time and all this. Um, so when Jeff, when Jeff Rose said that there was this opening, I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll try that. I'll see. I'd never done personal training before. So that was like completely out of my wheelhouse. But I was like, it's it's a foot in the door. And it's mm-hmm. a job in my field. So I would be gainfully employed. And I took it. And as I was working private sector at the gym and, and at the high school, um, I saw like I would rather have free time and have a flexible schedule 
and not be spending like 80 hours of work at week and traveling with the team on weekends. Mm -hmm. And it was actually the weekend. I think it was so like that, like Tuesday or Wednesday or somewhere around there. Um, performance was like, Hey, you know, you've got the job if you want it. And I was like, sweet, I'll take it. I'll see you Monday or whatever. Um, and then that weekend I was at a wedding. Uh, it was for my, one of my college friends who's actually one of my roommates. Um, we were at their wedding and Jed sends me a text and he's like, Hey, uh, this college hockey team needs an assistant strength coach. And I know that's what you wanted to do. And I had like just accepted this job and my wife had got a teaching job mm -hmm. down here. Um, and so I was like, shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> like this is what I thought I wanted mm -hmm. and now here it is. So I was like, I'm trying to what do I this do? impassive. I have to make a choice now. And I was like, so at first I was just like, I got to think about it, which is probably not what he expected to hear. Right. He was <laughs> expecting like, to be like, like, yes. You wanted to be a hockey strength coach. Like, <laughs> why was there to think about? And the team had like just won a national championship and they put in like a million some dollar facility. So oh it's gosh. like, it would have been like, sweet. Your dream. Right. Right. Like everything that I thought I wanted was now mm. on the table. And I was like. I, I, I called him or I texted him up and I was like, I got a pass. And it was like, you know, this is what I thought I wanted. This was my goal. But then over time, you know, and I found out more about it, where I thought I wanted to be was not where I really wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of a moving target. And to link this back into everything we've talked about, I think a lot of people find this with if they're on a weight loss journey or something like this. Um, and I'm just kind of making this connection in my brain as I talk right now. Right. Um, I'm seeing it happen and it's so gold. People will be like, I'm at 180 and if I get down to 150, I will be happy. And they get down to 170 and they're like, okay, that's all right. You know, I feel pretty good here. They get down to 165 and they're like, this is a lot of work. Um, I don't know if I can, you know, continue to live the way I'm living. They get down to 160 and they're like, I feel like crap right now. Mm. Um, but I still have 10 more pounds to go. Yes. So I'm going to make those 10 pounds happen. And they start to realize like the closer they get to that goal, the goal itself doesn't make you happy. Mm -mm. Like you, when, when people in the fitness and health industry say that it is, you know, a journey people don't really understand what that means until they like, you know, get years into it. Mm -hmm. Like still, I'm just now like realizing what it really means. If you have to go to extreme lengths to get to your goal, if you want to stay there, you have to maintain those extreme lengths. If you cannot maintain those extreme lengths, you will not stay at what your goal was. Mm -hmm. So if you have to, you know, completely cut out carbs and you have to completely do all this and that like what you're doing is slowly getting you towards that goal but you're gonna have to keep doing that to stay there but people think well once i get down to there i can live the way i used to live mm. if you do what you've always done you will be where you've always been and somebody smarter than me said that so i'm totally stealing it that's not <laughs> that's not an original quote for me i've never had an original thought in my life um oh, it's all just movie quotes and stuff that I've read. But, um, so I think when, when people like really 
really like shoot for a goal, they it's okay if along the line the goal moves. Yes. It's okay to say, this is what I want right now. And then a year down the line, be like, well, now it's right here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's okay to not achieve what you originally thought. Yeah. It's um, okay to change your mind. Yeah. And actually, there was an, I have like, there's like nine books that I'm in the middle of reading right now. So I'm also reading Dan Crenshaw's book. He's a, a congressman from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about... In one of the chapters that I just read, he was talking about quitting and he's like, if you're doing something and then, you know, things change and now you're working towards a different goal, you're not necessarily quitting. You just changed course. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, I think people need to realize, like if you are halfway to a goal and you put a lot of time and effort towards this goal, but you realize it's not the right goal for you, or it's going to be really like impossible to stay there. It's okay to change. It's okay to change your mind. Yeah. Like, I thought I wanted to be a hockey strength coach. Turns out I really like working at a high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to work with a lot more kids. I get to just teach the lifts because, you know, by the time they get to college, most of them at least think they know what they're doing. <laughs> um, and my favorite thing as a strength coach is not necessarily teaching you how to squat and deadlift or clean or something. It's showing you that if you are consistent and you come in here every day and you try, you know, whatever that day's hundred percent is, mm-hmm. um, if you continue to do that, good things will happen and you will make progress. And that's probably the best, the best lesson for anybody to learn is like, if you're consistent and you do things consistently and you work hard, mm-hmm. good things will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my favorite thing about a weight room or a gym or whatever is nothing happens just because, you know, you, they say like 90% is showing up. It's like, well, you show up to the weight room every day, but you don't do anything. Then mm-hmm. nothing's going to really happen. Right. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, well, I missed a workout. I better quit. Right. It's, like, it's, it's a bump in the road. It's one workout. We all have those days. Mm-hmm. We have days where maybe it didn't fit your schedule or maybe, you know, you were sick mm-hmm. and you know sometimes it's okay to work through it a little bit but there are some things that you probably legitimately just needs to rest for mm-hmm. um so yeah just when the kids come in and and i get to see a four-year progression which you know people think that's months, huge yeah people think weeks <laughs> or they think weeks or months or whatever um but really like you have to stay with it for a very long time for it to see any appreciable changes. So when I get a kid who comes in as a freshman and they stick with it, then by the time they're a senior, and obviously, you know, the age group that I'm working with, right. Anything you do with them will make them stronger mm-hmm. because they are going through some changes anyway. Right. But good the, timing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes me look like a genius. Yeah. Um, but as long as they're consistent, good things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some kids, it's just like in life, some kids come in really, really strong. Some kids come in, you know, much, much weaker. And you'll see, you know, the kid who comes in really, really strong, but he doesn't really do much. If he leaves and, you know, maybe he's still squatting 400 pounds, but he's not successful if he came in squatting 400, 400 pounds. pounds yeah. like, you didn't gain anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got this ceiling and then... 
I, I like to use like you've got a bucket and your genetics kind of determine how big that bucket is. But then how hard you work determines how full that mm -hmm. bucket is. Mm -hmm. So if you've got like, you know, you've got a five gallon bucket, but you only filled it up with one gallon, that's, you know, right. you've got a lot more that you could have done there. Yeah. Um, it is very coincidental how often naturally gifted looks a hell of a lot like hard work that other people just didn't see. Mm -hmm. um, it's like that iceberg effect. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's great at sports. Mm -hmm. Like, lucky him. Like, right. Lucky him. He busted his ass for, you know, nine years to get into the pros or whatever. Right. Um, and we've had, we've had kids come through the school that when they came in, they had no business being an athlete and they ended up being great athletes that, because yeah. they worked really hard. Mm -hmm. Like... You do it repeatedly. Yeah. If you want to get better at shooting a free throw, if you actually want to get better at shooting a free throw, you'll go and you'll shoot free throws. Yeah. Um, I use that with uh, like with mindfulness. It's mm -hmm. like when you first start meditating or practicing mindfulness, it's mm -hmm. gonna suck yeah, balls. It's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard, but it's just like any other skill. It's like you're not gonna if you want to bench press 300 pounds, you're not gonna go to the gym. And, that's a lot of bench press. You're not gonna go and bench press 300 pounds right off the bat, right. especially if you never bench pressed before. Right. So yeah, it's the same thing. It's a skill. Yeah, and. Like any goal, like if if you want to make it happen, you can find a way to make it happen if it's actually that important. Mm -hmm. And if you if you just think you want to make it happen, but it's really not that important, it's probably not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Yeah. Like if if you set out to if you set out to bench three hundred pounds and you work really hard at it, but you have kids and you got a family mm -hmm. and you want to have a social life and blah, blah, blah. And you don't hit 300 pounds. That's, I mean, yeah. it's immaterial. it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It gave you something to shoot for and, you know, it kept you busy. Right. And maybe, you know, you gained some other thing from it. Right. Um, so. Yeah. And I think, I think too, like the goals that we set for ourselves is, is really important or like mm -hmm. the why, like the motivation yeah. for it. Yeah. It's like, again, going back to the idea of weight loss, if you are choosing to focus on weight loss and it's because you think once you get to a certain number, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to be happy. You're going to have all these different things. Mm -hmm. Like it's, that's a, that's a really bad motivation. It's okay right. to be motivated to lose weight, but it shouldn't mm -hmm. be your number one goal. Right. Like what are the reasons that you want to be at that weight? You mm -hmm. think, yeah, again, you're going to um, have lower stress, like have more energy, all these things. Those should be the goals. Right. And then, Movement and food and stress management should be the avenues for which you right. meet you've, those goals. You've got your outcome goals and you've got your process mm -hmm. and you have, you have to enjoy the process. Yes. And enjoyment is number numero uno. Numero uno, mas importante. Yes. Um, and you can find a different, you can find a different process mm -hmm. to get to that goal. So find the process that you enjoy that works for you and then maybe the process changes your goal maybe you're like uh -huh. i'm gonna squat 400 pounds but i really like running well running is good for you but it will not make you squat 400 pounds <laughs> no. necessarily. um so it's yeah it, you have to enjoy the process mm -hmm. and if you don't you stand a very low chance of succeeding. Yes. Not to say you can't succeed. You could be the those one percenters, the Jockos and David Gogginses of the world, and you could still just, you know, power through because you just go, you know, 
robot mode. Right. Like, this is just what I've decided is going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but most people need to evaluate. And when you first set a goal, if you're just starting, you really have no idea. It's an experiment. Right. So full on experiment. Everything and and everything you do is going to be experimentation. Mm -hmm. You're just gonna science the hell out of it. Yeah. You're gonna be like, okay, well, I'm gonna try this, and maybe you know, you try Einstein weeks. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you set a goal, and you don't really have any idea of of how to get there or what it's going to actually be like. Like I didn't know what it would actually be like to be a strength coach mm -hmm. at that high level, and then I found out, and I was like. You know what? Different goal path. has shifted. Mm -hmm. um, but you gotta, you gotta be flexible with it. You gotta, yeah, gotta enjoy the process. Enjoy. The, so I'm picking up some big things you're saying. Enjoy the process. Uh -huh. Be flexible uh -huh. and be willing to shift your goal. Right. And then recognize that you're gonna have to do the work in order to reach whatever goal it is. Right. Right. And enjoy that work. You've got, enjoy that work. You've got a. You've got a forest. That's your goals. And you've got the trees. That's the process. But you have to be able to see both of them. And if they're, you know, if if you don't like the trees that you have, you have to plant some new ones. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a shitty forest. You're not right. going to be enjoying that. Gonna suck. You're going to have a forest, but you're not going to enjoy that forest. Right. Just like if you have a goal that you don't enjoy mm -hmm. or the process that you don't enjoy, right. you're going to reach that goal, but you're not going to like where you're at. So it's not going to be sustainable. And then, you're not going to be able to keep you it. You don't enjoy the process. Maybe you get to the goal and you're like, this goal sucks. This goal sucks. Yeah. I'm an idiot for setting this goal. Mm -hmm. I'm a big, stupid moron <laughs> with stupid goals. <laughs> That's so bad. Hopefully you don't say that to yourself. Yeah. But, but you oh, might. You might. And then you need to shift your attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks so much for coming on, Bryn. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, You were dun. awesome. Why don't you share um, your, like, your Instagram page if people want to follow you to learn more? Okay. Yeah. Um, that's uh, at Paul Paul Panther, <laughs> um, as in, like, a panther paw. Yeah, like P-A-W-P-A-W. P-A-W-P-A-W Panther. Yes. I'll tag you in the show notes so Pan people can find you. Huge, huge, huge thank you to Brendan for spending the morning with me and talking about all things fitness. We talked about movement. We talked about mindset. We talked about performance and aesthetics. I really appreciate you so much. If you guys didn't catch it, make sure that you follow Brendan on Instagram at pawpawpanther. That's P-A-W-P-A-W panther. You can also find his strength Facebook group, which is called Panther Innovative Strength Systems, aka PISS. <laughs> and um, he posts a lot of good stuff on that as well. Um, during the quarantine when the gym that he works at was closed, he actually created a document with a ton of bodyweight strength circuits on it. So super cool. Check him out. If you enjoyed this episode, let him know, let me know, show, share it on your Instagram shoot me um, a message or two just to let me know what your thoughts are and what you appreciated about Brendan. I will see you back here soon for another episode, but in the meantime, go give him a bird.